What's up, everyone? Welcome to Triple Stitch. I'm your host, Al. Yo, Al, what up? Where culture and community collide, powered by Soul Savvy Women's. Soul Savvy is a platform built to put sneakerheads first, and their new women's community is committed to bringing equity to the space. To learn more about this, check out soulsavvy.com. That's Soul Savvy with one V. Today, we are joined by Rami Samuel and Sophia Chang, the founders of Common Ace, the one-stop shop marketplace for women's sneakers. Thank you both for coming on the show. Before we jump into all the good stuff, let's start with some proper introductions and background on who you both are and what you do in the space. Sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, My name's Romy and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Was born and raised there, lived there till I was about my early 20s, but have always been a huge sneaker collector for many, many years, was inspired by my late father, who was in the fashion industry, big sportswear manufacturer. And I distinctly remember, uh, you know, his his, uh, uh, Stan Smiths famously and as a, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old trying to put them on my feet and tie them up and walk around the house in them. And I just thought that were the coolest shoes ever. Um, You have a Stan Smith tattoo, right? I do, I do. It's like on my arm there somewhere had that done in New York actually many years ago and um <laughs> but in a nutshell yeah born and raised New York born and raised New York born and raised Melbourne Australia that's my story I know story. Oh, I'm from Queens <laughs> and um oh god that's and I like we're Timberlands and I like no, no. Uh, <laughs> and uh what else can I tell you that's that's it in a nutshell and then now I'm here in LA I've moved country six times so I've lived in some wow. of the biggest major world cities very centered around urban culture so that was definitely rubbed off on me somewhere and loved fashion always loved fashion loved the creative life had a strong background in technology for about 14 years I had a career that sort of stemmed from banking and finance all the way through to telecommunications and publishing which was really fun but it didn't float my boat so to speak Mm -hmm. And after having kids, I really wanted to somehow bridge the two, technology and my love of sneakers. And miraculously, one night I had a light bulb moment where I knew I needed to create a platform that was going to allow women or people just to shop from multiple sneaker retailers worldwide. And, yeah, and here I am and in L.A. I married an American, obviously, and... That's why I'm here in some ways. <laughs> um, but I, I figured that if, you know, I needed to be in LA to, or America at least, to really embark on something big. Yeah. And, and, and it's definitely heading in that direction, which is really, really exciting. So, yeah, my background is that. Australia to LA. Voila. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> All right. So talk about me. You can talk about yourself now. All right. So... <laughs> Um, I'm from New York, born and raised in New York in Queens, uh, grew up in the nineties. So definitely obviously big in New York. I always just say like, you never know when you have to catch a light, when you have to run across the street to catch a light. So like sneakers are always like go to grew up in Queens, my high school, you know, we had this bus that would take us straight to the Coliseum. So I, would, I spent like my early like high school, junior high years hanging out at like just Jamaica Ave for whatever reason. Like, we would hang out in Jamaica yeah, Ave. Yeah, so just me like, and Liz, like socially, like socially. everyone would no, just no, hang out. Like, 
Well, there's like the tons of be dangerous. Like the mall, yeah. but you're yeah, hanging out in the mall. Yeah, we love the mall. Yeah, there's a Coliseum mall. Oh. It looks like Sausin. This I don't know if you've ever been to Sausin, so it's just like that. Um, so yeah, so I used to hang out there, mm. and obviously like music, arts, graffiti, writing on the seven train, which is overground. You see all this beautiful graffiti all around you. Shout out to Five Points. That's gone now. What a shame. Oh, um, shame. Yeah, like shame. that was that was visually what fed me culturally and also you know growing growing up in new york and all that fun jazz you got the unisphere you got all these like iconic landmarks that are right outside our door and you know growing up in new york we would always have these great school trips that took us to the med or the or these like places that were like globally renowned and it was at our fingertips so yeah. it was just, it just you know the ep- that being new york city being the epicenter of culture of art of s- music obviously growing up was just everything so um I've always drawn my entire life uh ended up going to Parsons School of Design to study illustration um but you know me being a bit of an overachiever not only took full classes audited classes worked part-time at the sneaker stores on Broadway uh worked at the sneaker stores in Union Square worked at Journeys and I also worked at Puma um, but also audited classes, uh, also, sorry, did internships. Uh, so I actually interned at Complex Magazine around like 2008. I um, was in and out as an intern and also freelancer. I worked with a uh, designer, that graphic designer that did a lot of apparel design and, and tech packing for some great streetwear brands like a New York thing, Undefeated. So I had this like early start kind of like a mentorship of people who were willing to kind of take me under their wing and, and teach me like here's how colorways work you're a fan of streetwear well this is how it this is how the magic happens so by the time I graduated I had all these kind of skills underneath my belt and you know Rami and I talk about this all, all the time but it's really about this like endless human revolution I strongly believe that the more skills you have the more skills that you acquire you can create anything you want you know and with common ace when we met she told me about this fantastic idea and i've spent the past 10 years working in the street streetwear sneaker fashion space but also you know just being an illustrator and designer um when she and i met and told me about this this um women's platform i was like done easy we could do that like okay. overnight I've, I've had experience in web design again i've gained all of these skills yeah understanding branding advertising marketing being a consumer as well myself and a sneaker collector it was a no-brainer it was it was like yeah great Let's she's also it. a ridiculous sponge for information like she just Except math, not numbers. Photoshopped my SAT scores. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> everything else. Everything else is kind of okay for the most part. <laughs> everything else matters. We can do without the math. As long as we yeah. can count the money, everything yeah. else is okay. Yeah, as long as it just shows up in my bank account, it's okay. The taxes <laughs> throws me a little bit off. But oh, yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah. That's why you that's why you make enough money to hire people to help you do it. Got a good exactly. account. It's got exactly. a great Long Island accent. Oh, love it. No? Love him. Love him. It's like, how you doing? How you doing? You've got this. Yeah, good. And being from like two completely different parts of the world, like what similarities did you guys find in common with your journey with footwear? Not having access. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Accessibility, variety, variety. The yeah. foundations of common ace. No, I mean, um, just obviously, the love. We just the love for the game. Love yeah. for the game and similar similar you know style loves and I think also like Melbourne 
where I grew up, even though it's not New York City, it's a very, very urban city. So we, I was constantly surrounded by art and, you know, street art and music. And it's a cold weather city, which always creates and layering. A, a layering. Mm-hmm. It always just creates more of a vibe for fashion and creativity. Yeah. Cultivates that because there's nowhere else to go. What the fuck else are you going to do? This is true. Yeah. Gotta get creative. Yeah, I love the layering. I miss that so much with yeah. New York. Um, I know. I put three layers on this morning. I was boiling. Find a reason. <laughs> it was like <laughs> 65 degrees. I was like sweating, getting a smoothie. <laughs> yeah. And so you guys founded Common Ace in 2018. Yeah. What was it like when you initially launched? So we <gasps> met We met in 2018. We didn't really launch Common Ace until last 2020, year. Yeah. last year. We launched yeah. in May. And, you know, mind you, it's two people who have this idea. I didn't tell any of my friends that I was working on this at all. Um, not even like my, my, my closest friends. We had been working on it for a few months. When we launched it, it was like, tell yeah, the world. Like, tell the world. Like, what? Brands, retailers, <laughs> investors collectors friends fam everybody Dad, was just like yo yeah it's about like how did nobody come up with this and it's about time and you know it took the right people um but we were personalities yeah we we kind of had this idea of like how we were going to launch and when we were going to launch and then covid hit as well which was just sort of like oh fuck what but also it was great because we're a digital online p- platform that empowers people to shop around the world so mm. why not and we were just like, fuck yeah. it, just get it up, get just it Just get live. it up. Yeah, just get something out and then we'll we'll deal with it. And of course, like we we put like a couple thousand dollars, barely anything together. I designed the site, designed the branding, you know, we built the site and we put it up, but there was it was still like a a really crappy bike that barely had any working wheels that really wasn't functioning. It looked really pretty. And so we kind of spent majority of 2020 into 2021 polishing the product working on the improvements realizing yeah. oh shit you know we're onto something here yeah, like shit. how can we improve and, that, and like like our platform and our product always coming up with ways that we can improve it we have different sprints that we focus on so between Rami and myself I oversee the design marketing and strategy and then Rami oversees the tech and affiliates so yeah and okay and how did you guys come up with the name common Ace? Uh, I came up with it a while ago, actually, and Pappy really liked it. Um, it was uh, it was really after my my son's name's Ace, my firstborn. Yeah, she's got a necklace. I've got, I've got an, oh, it's not. I'm not wearing it today, but I've got a tattoo as well. But Ace was my firstborn, who was kind of named after my late dad. But Ace is actually a word we use in Australia for the cool. Like everything is like. It's a Melbourne word, though. People in, like, the other cities don't really say it as much as Melbourne people. Um, But it's just, like, a very, like, word I've known since the 80s. Like, oh, that's so ace. You know, it's... I like that. That's so much better than cool. I know. And it's really funny now because when I chat to when I'm texting with my friends in Australia, they still use it all the time, you know, and they'll be like, oh, oh, there it is. So I don't get to say it as often here. I don't hear it as often. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And common ace, you know. Well, I really liked it before I even knew about the, you know, ace slang word in Australia. I was like, I really like the term because to me, it felt like ace, obviously in America is more like number one, the best, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you're talking like ace of spades or something. And I'm just like, okay, it sounded like, to me, it was like, it was a story of everyone's the best. Everyone is number one. Everyone can be number one. And we're aspiring for more, the best, like that 
was all like common mm. A's for me. So I really like that. And I, and I think a lot of it too, is just, I say this all the time, like women who are into like sneakers or streetwear, like we are also looking through a certain lens already. Like we're mm. Rami and I shop in the male section all the time. I literally, I was going through like my wardrobe yesterday and like majority of my shorts are all like basketball style shorts or men's shorts or I get pants that are men's pants and I tailor them all the time because you'd walk into Supreme and it's like nothing's in your size or you know whatever but you make it work and you carry yourself a certain way and you walk with a certain type of confidence and you stylize yourself in a certain way where I got into sneakers not only for just you know all the reasons I listed before but it was also like I want to dress better than the dudes I want to walk down the street and be like yo what she's right like that's a whole nother situation so um, that that definitely like got me into to loving the game and uh, Common Ace just felt like the perfect name to be able to embody that for all women, for all women as they're, you know, embarking on their journey of yeah. self-expression, inspiration, fashion, and also, you know, getting into sneakers. Yeah. Like we're starting to see that big trend and the women that were wearing heels and flats majority of the time during COVID probably are wearing sneakers now. <laughs> they're def they're definitely they're all if you're not wearing sneakers after this that's a problem that's yeah. a whole nother conversation but it's okay because now they can go to common A's yeah totally. and get set up they'll be like good to go i mean when i first heard it it just made sense like i didn't even think about the name like it almost sounded like you heard it before like you'd heard it yeah before. exactly yeah, right i was just like oh, okay yeah yeah like that totally yeah. makes sense and like yeah. now even hearing it it's crazy how you pick up on that without it because to the same thing you're saying Sophia like I heard ace and I'm like okay like subject matter experts common ground like here's a space for it like it all completely makes sense so you guys nailed it with that yeah thanks and as a pair of two aces how do you guys balance your friendship and being business (laughs) partners we just had a crying (laughs) argument right before we jumped on this call oh yeah we do it all the time we love each other we're like very it's like it's weird it's like because we actually hang out together all the time like even if it's not work related like if we're driving to the same place we'll be talking to each other on the phone and then like be on the phone when we step out of the car like still talking like it's weird she bought a house five minutes from me so i like we literally see each other every day it's kramer it's insane i show up if there's food i eat the food i leave if we want to get away from our husbands we go away together like it's just it's really funny we have a very 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 unique a blessed relationship it is like a, she's like a sister she's like a mother she's like an auntie all in one yeah you know we fight we love we cry we, cry, we bitch we moan we complain we push <laughs> it in front of each other it's like that we're like the same we're yeah. like but yeah. it works but it works you know and she's obviously you know has taught me so much over the last couple of years just in terms of like just working and work ethic and you know she's she's incredible incredible experience she in just this get, industry she's just had we had like an argument just before about like how intense I am and so when you asked a question like oh you know what's kind of what similarities do you guys have as you know I'm a New Yorker and she's Australian and literally and to in my head immediately I'm like let's talk about the differences <laughs> and, I, and you know correct me if I'm wrong Elle, like in New York it, it's not that we're speaking aggressively. It's just because we're passionate. So pe- sometimes passionate people read that as aggression. So I'm going to use my hands. I'm going to talk a little bit louder. Like I'm not yelling yeah. at you. I'm just 
It, it's because the city's loud and there's a lot going on. If I don't throw my hands yeah. and like throw yeah. my voice, yeah. you might not be able to hear me. You will not exactly. survive. You will not survive. You talk, you talk over each other, you argue over each other, and you know, it's it's all love. And that's how we show love. If I'm quiet, that's a problem. Yes. It's the silence you don't want. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's great. You know, we've been like in the Lower East Side yelling at each other with our hands. Oh my God. And then stepping in to have some fun but, noodles. Yeah. <laughs> That's a New York love story if I've ever heard exactly what it is. Yeah. And like after navigating through that and being kind of a voice and a vessel for like the female market, how do you make sure that you're creating a space for all women and not just some? Wow, that's like always been a goal since day one. Like from like the more businessy answer is like, and all of this obviously comes from the heart. Um, like we want to build combination. We're on our way. It takes a lot of time. It's, it's, we have a very small team. So growth is slower than we would, you know, compared to like a lot of new businesses, but we want to cast in that wide and cater really to like the journey of womanhood. So everything from like your early youthful days of exploration, self-expression, like your sense of style, to, you know, a career where you have a bit of disposable income and you can kind of spend a little bit on yourself down to motherhood. You know, Rami's a mother of two small children. And as your life changes, your body changes, your fashion sense changes, we want to be able to be a destination for that. And also I love shopping after a long day of working, I've spent so much time just browsing on the internet. And that's, you know, technically how we came up with common ace as well, which is how can we improve the shopping experience for the female psyche because like if I'm just in a mood and I can't decide on a colorway sometimes I buy multiple colorways and sometimes I don't even return it or sometimes I I'm walking down the street and someone's wearing a really great outfit and I'm like damn I really want to get that now like where am I gonna go it's the hunt it's that experience and more than anything it's the joy the joy of so much joy finding someone getting a compliment when someone noticed that you changed something you know like all of that like we live we live for that we want to be able to create comedies to be you know obviously solve the big problem of accessibility variety blah, blah blah empowerment for the customer to be able to find what they want but also really cater to just that how can we create a feeling of joy for the women that come to our platform and it starts with sneakers because that's where the biggest need has been in at least the fashion mm-hmm. industry and the intention is to move beyond that down the line but you know also for me growing up from growing up in queens like obviously in recent years we've been talking so much about identity it's all in like the public space and all this obviously it's it's may as well and it's like we're all human at the end of the day. Like I grew up in an environment where everyone spoke a different language at lunchtime. We'd all have different foods that our families made for us. And we, you know, try the Indian person's like dish. Someone would be like, ew, what are you, you know? And it was just, I grew up in this such a culturally diverse environment that that's the future that I'd like to see where we're all equal. We're all celebrate. We're all respectively, you know, learning about each other's cultures and celebrating our, our differences and common, hopefully Common Ace can be a part of that as far as celebrating all people, all walks of life and, you know, spreading yeah. that that joy that we know on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, we're definitely not here to put ourselves in a box of some kind. Because we're, really, we're, we're, we're not. We're not. We're women not. just aren't. We're, we're so many things now. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like we have to play so many roles and it's so exhausting. We're the backbone in so many different ways on a professional level, on a personal level. And it's how can we create that multifaceted platform that really caters to, to her? 
And you guys have been doing like a lot of like surveys and like research. Like I've been liking it lately, like just watching on social. Has there been any like data or like any information that you've come across that has surprised you or made you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one? Oh, all of it. All of it. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think it's been surprising, so to speak. I think it's been more really fucking validating as okay. that like we're on the right track. We, we have the support of, you know, women all around the world, you know, pushing us, pushing us to exactly what we need to do for them, you know, yeah, and, a big, that, and, and creating that space. And a big part of why we wanted to start the survey is uh, do the survey. We've been working on it actually for eight months. We just launched it last week. Um, we wanted to be able to put numbers against this market like we as women who are into sneakers whatever like we know how we shop how we spend how you know what our frustrations are but are there actual numbers and data that we can put against that because there's no public data out there Nothing. that supports women in sneakers we were going nuts we're like we're we were trying everything. to do this research we were trying to do the research for ourselves first to, to show to prove how big this market value is of women in sneakers but there's nothing there's women in footwear that includes sandals or heels or, and, and all the other stuff, not just sneakers. And then men, uh, men, I mean, sorry, when it comes to the sneaker market, global sneaker market, it was always by like geography, not so much by gender. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were kind of really like hitting all these walls of like, we can't find this data. We want to be able to prove that common ace as a business is a value. Um, so we yeah. decided to just, you know, a friend had suggested to me like, yo, just why don't you just do a survey yourself? And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And, we, you know, we've got this amazing community internationally from all around the world. So I literally ping people in Taiwan, South Africa, like business relationships everywhere. I've had everywhere. over everywhere. the years. And I was like, yo, everywhere. Like a thousand people do it. Yeah, almost just under a thousand, like. Like tell your mom, tell your girlfriends, tell the girl that you hooked up with last week, like everyone, please <laughs> just, just let's get some answers. So it was really cool to see the data that came back and, and it was validating and we knew that we were on the right track and more than anything, it was great for us. It's cool, but it was also a gesture for women in sneaker culture because all the people who are working at these cor corporate spaces, they're like, well, let's push for women. We want the women's market, women in footwear, blah, blah, blah. But all the women who are actually trying to push and sell the concepts up the ladder, mm. they get shut down because people upstairs want to see numbers. They want to see mm. metrics. So we hope that even though we're not a professional polling company, like an NPD or a BOF, that this would spark some sort of yeah. like greater, grander study that they can conduct themselves. No, it was amazing. When I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I never even thought about it before. I'm like, of course, there's no like actual information out there. Like that completely makes sense. Like I wasn't surprised, but I was also just finally surprised someone did it. I'm like, okay, now it happens. It's in front of us. So like, how do we move from here? And Rami, this question is for you. So you were in the tech space before, which is also a male dominated industry. And then moving into like footwear, how do you, how do you navigate kind of just continuously being in these environments that are just so male driven? I've always been a bit of a chameleon, so I'm pretty good at adapting. And I also had like seven male uncles and like, you know, male uncles, I had seven uncles and, uh, and like tons and tons of boy cousins growing up. So I think that probably made it a lot easier for me just to deal with guys in general. Uh, that definitely helped. I don't know. I have to be honest. I always enjoyed working with men as well. It's like... It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> kind of fun. And I one of my favourite roles, I think, was in Israel. Um, I was working for a big tech company back then and I was in a team of, like, 
11 or 12 guys and I was the only female in the team and they were all like ex-army, you know, engineers, da-da-da-da, and they were very protective of me and they just kind of like let me be and, and they were cool. Like I'd have lunch with them and and travel with them every week, every other week, and they were just good guys. And I think tech, men in tech specifically are less ego-driven as well. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. I was working in fashion or of mm-hmm. some other kind of or sports or some other kind of space. They were very like, they're very like, you know, polite and they're all nerdy. Yeah. They're all very nerdy. They <laughs> respond well to uh, like a more yeah. dominant female. And then I company. came in wearing my fun outfits and they'd be like, what are you doing here? They'd be like, what are you working in tech for, Romy? Like you should be in fashion <laughs> or painting or some sort of artist or something. I'd be like, yeah but I kind of like this um so that that was fun but yeah navigating it was fun it was it was good but I've always found though the men in the sneaker space more than the fashion world but sneaker men in general this has been my experience have always been somewhat very respectful towards women that have an appreciation and a deep connection to streetwear and sneakers I've always, I've never had to deal with any type of like misogyny or anything. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had a negative experience with guys within the industry. I know other people probably have maybe in other parts of the world, but in Australia in particular, the community is so small that everyone just loves each other. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what we want to see. Yeah, yeah, and I've been very welcomed here as well, you know, with the, with the dudes that I work with at Kith. And uh, but I mean I'm a lot older than them as well, so they can't say shit. To me. <laughs> They're like, all right, we're gonna let you do your thing. I'm gonna be over here. <laughs> Respect the mother. <laughs> Respect. Yes. And Sophia, in 2013, you were working with Jeff Staple. Yeah. And you were project managing for like Staple Design, who is an OG who definitely is responsible for a lot of the things that we've seen later in streetwear and in sneakers. What was that experience like and how do you still like use some of the things you learned then now? Yeah. So obviously if you're, you know, spent time in New York, you, you're definitely aware of Staple and Jeff Staple and all of that stuff. So I was familiar with his work. I actually ran into him in the subway once. So we always, it's great because it's a story where I have my version and he has his version of it. But um, I was you know, college student, art school students are always so just lacking sleep. I was on a subway ride, like going home. I was actually living in Brooklyn at the time. And I was really, really tired. I was wearing all black. I had a backpack. My hair was like long and out. And I was just sitting. (laughs) I was so tired. And I look in the corner of the car and Jeff was there. And I was like, oh my God, this is Jeff Staple. Oh, should I say hi? Or, oh, what do I say? And it was like such a thing. We actually got off at Essex Delancey. The same station. The same station. <laughs> I had to transfer to the JMZ when, you know, all the, all those, the, all the JM and the Z were around. But um, he was walking ahead of me. And I was like, oh, I should say, I should say something. Oh, I should say. But I'm also like half asleep now. I'm like so yeah. tired. So I go up to him and I tap his backpack. And he turns around <laughs> I was like, hi, my name's Sophia. Um, I'm a huge fan of your work. And I don't know. I don't, I've never gone up to a person. Or say, I don't know where we go from there. And he goes, oh, thanks, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, so where are you going? Are you like going into Reed's face or something? And he was like, uh, no, I'm actually going home. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, 
And then, because you know, we're guiding off, we have to walk together on the <laughs> yeah, platform. So the I'm awkward like, New like, York communication. I'm like, what do I talk about? So then I'm like, oh, like, uh, I think he mentioned that he was teaching a course at Columbia and he was coming back from that. So I was like, okay, cool. It was really nice to meet you. And then, like, that was it. Shook his hand. No, no Instagram, no business card. I was a sophomore at the time. So it was like, you know, fret, like a kid from Bubble of Queens and then here in Manhattan. I'm like, just trying to figure yeah. it out. So then I found out about this class that he was teaching and it was this amazing uh, business strategy course between Parsons design students and Columbia business school students. So wow. they were, it was like, uh, like, I think only like associate's degree, kind of like older people who already had life experience. It wasn't opened up to undergrads, but I actually had to interview my way into the course and I became one of the students in the class. And that's how I actually got to kind of meet Jeff. He was one of our like adjunct professors. He wasn't the primary professor, but like I got his email. So after the whole course ended, I never said a single thing to him because I was very intimidated. He didn't recognize you from the side. Uh, he did. I was like, hey, dude. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's, he's like, like oh, he's like, she's oh here. I told her about this course. Yeah, now yeah, she's here. Yeah, what yeah, the exactly. fuck? He found me. So, then, so the funny thing is, um, I ended up like the entire course happened for an entire semester. We had to commute all the way up to Columbia a bunch of times. Um, and, and then afterwards, I never said anything to him because I was like, oh, my God, it's like talking to the president. What am I going to say to the president? <laughs> the president. And then at the end of the entire course, and I, I remember we were in the same room and I was like, I got to say something. I should say something. I don't know what to say. Oh, and then I lost my opportunity. Oh. So then I had his email and then like weeks later after entire semester, I emailed him. I was like, hi, my name is Sophia. I don't know if you remember me, but I bumped into you in the subway. Also, I was a student in this class. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but I ended up uh, actually like just sharing my work. Hey, I'm an illustrator. If there's anything that you might need for a staple, I'd love to be a contributor, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear from him for a year. And then one day I got this email that definitely was like a copy and paste email. And then he just changed the person's name. And I was like, ah, he emailed me. And it was a kind of a call for entries for illustrators. But that kind of started our business relationship. He ended up, you know, kind of getting me involved on some like design projects because he, he has like kind of a design agency studio. And then I kind of joined on as a project manager. And then he became just like a huge business mentor for me on my own career and just like business ethics, period. But his side of the story on the subway is that <laughs> he's on the subway car and there's this really creepy looking Asian girl <laughs> in the corner who's like wearing all black her hair is down. She's just like, well, she's on something. And then he gets off the cart. And then someone taps him on his shoulder. <laughs> and it's her. Uh, and he's like, what the fuck and the funny thing is i guess like usually it's men that approach him and be like, oh you're just stable and it was like one of the first times he's have ever had a female and he was just like oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> he's just uh, like what is happening right what now? is happening i just want to make it home and she's asking me where i'm going oh, so funny. <laughs> it's great we laugh about it all the time yeah but uh that that's our full story and you know i i keep him young and tell him, oh, here's a cool creator that's really cool that you should work with. Have you checked out this photographer? There's this new videographer duel you should check out, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I'll be like, hey, I have to do this project. How much should I be charging this person? And I don't really know. And, you know, I have to like call him about it and stuff like that. So it's good. It's like a good, like a, it's great, healthy relationship. You need that. You yeah. need that. He's great. He's I felt like, yeah. It's funny because I actually met Jeff like 
six years ago in Australia, seven years ago now probably in Australia, and, you know, I hung out with him there. I was introduced to him, had dinner with him, like the first time I met him. It was very nice. And then funnily enough, we met through Jeff. Oh, yeah. Event. That's exactly. how we actually met. Like Jeff invited me to this panda pigeon dunk launch or whatever it was a few years ago for Network. 2018. 2018. And he's like, oh, yeah, you should come to this event. It's really good. We're shooting. I need more girls. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll bring some friends. And then I got there and then this one was there and came running up to me because I. Well, mm. I heard a woman say, oi, they really loud from across <laughs> the room. And then she came running. I'm just like, I say, oi, they. Oh, that's what we say where I'm from. Can we be friends? And was, was this like, is in LA, by the way. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and everyone in New York speaks a little bit of Yiddish, you know? You have to. You have to. It's just natural. Yeah. yeah. It was a very funny day. And then we ended up in the car with, what's his Trinidad name? James. Trinidad James. So Trinidad James. And... I shoved Trinidad James in the back of her car. Our <laughs> other friend had a baby car seat, so he's standing out there in the rain. I had to pull like... the car seats out to get him in. He's an enormous guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I had to like get it all out. And, oh. We finished the event, and I was like, "We're gonna go to Bodega. You want to come hang out?" And he's yeah, like, "Yeah, sure." Here's my first car. So yeah, that. get in my car. And I just met her, and we were like already like, yeah, yeah, I had just met I... this woman, and I'm like, "Hey, can you shove this guy in the back of your car, please?" I was like, "Sure, yeah. Where are we going shopping? Okay, great." And that's it. You guys were just like super close after that. Then. Oh, so you just met him. This I just met too. him that day. And then he was like, yeah, Trinidad James in your car. And I'm like, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Apparently. Yeah. And he left With your new best friend. I know. And then he left all this swag in the in the back of my yeah, trunk. And he's pe- like, keep it. All these like, people were like Trinidad James fans. So they were like giving him all this like random stuff at the event. Yeah. So yeah. And he just left it in the car. <laughs> Great guy. That is amazing. Shout out to Jeff for making the universe bring you guys together. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Uncle Jeff. <laughs> and so, like, Rami, when you came up with the idea of, like, comedies, like, initially, was there an experience that you had in the marketplace? I'm pretty sure you had a ton of them, but was there one, like, final one where you were like, okay, light bulb off in my head, like, I have to make something happen? Well, I mean, I've been, I was living in Australia at the time, and you know, getting product to Australia was a fucking nightmare in general, let alone trying to get your hands on like a hype drop. It was like unheard of trying to get an actual serious shoe, but I was getting shoes, but there were very specific, you know, you'd have to get people to buy it from the U S and then ship it to her. And then ship it to me a lot of the time or Europe. So I would like buy it, ship it to a friend's house. I remember there was like this sky high dunk drop but it was like these gold ones like oh the metallic the metallic chrome 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 those are nice i have the all silver <sighs> ones but, yeah. like they dropped it was like 2014 or 13 or something and i like gotten a friend of mine in boston to line up at concepts to pick it up for me Perfect. and they only had like one he actually went to line up for me to get it i was so excited and i like did my real oh, friend line up we should line up somewhere oh, yeah a kid camp out go to a camp out it Talk is everyone but in a different city not here though somewhere else somewhere somewhere (laughs) go somewhere hawaii no anyway good weather good weather at least the weather be good anyway so yeah accessibility was always a nightmare there and then i had gone to an event it was like some talking speakers event with 
tech people and they were talking about their platforms and one of them had developed a platform where people could shop from multiple woodworkers like wood sculpture furniture makers around the world and another one some other design thing and and it was at that particular event I was just that's when the light bulb went off I was literally sitting next to my cousin and I said I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make far-fetched makers <laughs> and she was like oh and I was like yeah and that's when it happened but it was a while ago but that that was the moment she remembers it to this day there you go like that it, it it's little moments like that that obviously changed the rest of your life yes exactly and then it kind of evolved from there I had some funny moments in Australia trying to get it up and running and had a few potential business partners but I just knew I had to be in the states to do it I was very limited being in Australia yeah, I could imagine. And I mean, for both of you, like knowing this, like always having this void, like in the industry, like as female shoppers, but Sophia, you've been able to accomplish like almost every sneakerhead's a dream of having your own shoe and nailing a brand for it. not where they. Can I get it? I don't know. Yeah, I please. Let me see if I can get it. It's in a box. It's in a box. She's got somewhere. It's a bit. I got three of them. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, there she goes. Jenga. Take the top one off, perhaps. Show the box. Do unboxing. So Amazing. Awesome. And this was 2014? 2013. Oh, wow. Um, this is only one of them. We had a, a number of different, like, SKUs, but this was... This is, like... This is, like, a pink ombre kind of sole because it was when, like... Basically, for the entire collection... I wanted to create something for everyone. That's usually what I try to do. I wanted to create something for like, this was like the hipster teenager. I wanted to create something for like the, the hype person who waits in line for shoes down to the auntie. I love when you see like a 50, 50 year old auntie on um, the subway and she's got fresh sneakers on. You're like, oh, she doesn't play. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't play. Um, and so they actually had already approached me with the concept. They wanted it to be Brooklyn themed and it was a global release all around the world, all, like all corners of the world, quite honestly. They, they had a whole launch in South Africa, which I didn't get to go to. I was very wow. disappointed. Um, Japan did really well in Japan. There's people in Japan who like when I, I've been to Tokyo a few times, they're like, oh, you're Sophia Chang. And I'm like, what? I can't believe like people have actually seen this. And one time Jeff was in the subway and he took a picture because there was a guy standing in front of him wearing the sneakers. And I was like, what? But um, yeah, it was awesome. It was a huge honor, super exciting. Uh, and it definitely opened up a lot of like interesting kind of perceptions as well, because when the Brooklyn Museum had the uh, exhibition for sneakers, there was I think it was like the first ever like museum exhibition of sneakers. Like people were all really surprised from like a press perspective, like, oh, it's an Asian woman who designs sneakers. First of all, it's a woman <laughs> designing sneakers. And they were just like so confused because I guess back yeah. then that wasn't very common. And also, you know, a lot of the sneaker companies didn't work with regular people like I was just like an illustrator at the time regular creator it's not like today where like everyone gets to do all this like cool collab stuff so there was a it was a learning curve for both myself and for the brand but uh you know really grateful for the opportunity and you know just especially just to be able to show especially other like Asian creators female creators that hey this can happen this is yeah and did you just like get a call like what was it like to like when they finally hit you up because you worked at Puma 
was completely right, like, different yeah. though. I was just like retail sales floor, UVC yeah. walkie talkie style. Um, <laughs> not kidding, like full on walkie talkie. I love it. Oh my God. How did it feel to like go from the walkie talkie to be like, okay, like this is, this is my shoe. I was just, I, you know what? Just went with the flow, went with the punches the entire time. Like grateful for the opportunity, but I'm also like Jonathan Mannion did this great talk once and he said, his favorite project is always the next one. And I was like, damn, I really resonate with that. Like, it's, it's, it's like, I love, I'm so grateful. It's so exciting, but like, what's next? I'm ready for that next big thing too. So it was great. It, it took a long time with like sneaker design. It takes like a year or so in advance, but it was so dope to put it out. And, you know, Futura's da- daughter, Tabitha also, um, uh, modeled in our lookbook, trash hand shot it. This was all like when everyone was just, it was 2013. It was a little while ago, but <laughs> different it was, time. It was so cool to just get everyone together and and you know just kind of have that have that print in the game. It was really cool. And you guys kind of keep making your mark. You guys recently just kind of put some stuff in history with doing the Air Max Day live stream, yeah. right? Which was like the first ever Nike live stream. Like, what was that like? That was wild. It was their first time. It was their first time ever filming, like filming from the actual archives. From They've the never it's done called that the DNA. So it's a building that's like off site, off campus, and it's huge. And it, it literally houses every single fucking thing that they've ever yeah, made. Yeah, it's in a designed. secret location. And all the, you know, the blueprints of everything, the, the, the oh. Tinker Kanye drawings like everything 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 they had the flu game jordan yeah. ones that we were standing no. in front of like right. archives clothes they didn't like, yeah they have a everything room. they didn't like put a hood over you before we they drove you over anything <laughs> and, and we weren't allowed to touch anything or photograph anything and apparently majority of nike employees are not allowed there like yeah. it's very like super tight you know fireproof building whatnot so we, uh, we got to film from there, which was really exciting. And, you know, I'm a huge Air Max lover. So that was like a really fucking big deal for me and Pappy. I've but... never been to Portland my entire career. Oh, so that was and that was her first, first time. Like, being... No, sorry, not Portland, Beaverton. I've never been to Nike campus. No, I was like, it was not. Ah. It was not. Yeah. We, were, we were losing it. We losing were like. It. We, we were got, screaming the we whole got, time. My we were, was sore we were by the screaming end. the whole time. Like they gave us boxes of shoes and we were like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> screaming like, like children. children, like children during Christmas. Yeah, and it. then they let us go to the employee store, and we were like one of like two tiny. We're both like five foot. Yeah, and we were running through the store um, without like, shopping trolleys. Like yeah, like the shopping carts, like that yeah. show where like yeah. people have to run through the grocery store. Like, and you're just like, the and we're like, oh, you have this my size, great, yeah. We look to go that way. I'll go that way. I got this covered. You got that. Yeah, covered. it was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty funny, but the but that whole that whole experience was just amazing, and the team was wonderful that we worked with. Oh, I love that. So, such it a great team. It was like family. It was so so grateful for this. Everything ran really really smoothly, and they were thrilled. They were really excited, and we got to actually drop for the first time ever live. A, and they sold out an Air Max online for Air Max Day, and it sold out in like two seconds. And they something. had like I I don't know if it was like record breaking, but they had a very very high number of viewers. Big so viewers. We're like, yes, 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 yes. So making it, history. We made a bit of Nike history. Yeah, I made a dent <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. We're oh, running. But what, what, what's your favorite Air Max? Oh, there's so many. Uh, off the top of my head, the first thing, the first thing that came to my head was a 180. 
Um, I really love a 180. Just it's always like the shoe. If I want to be the most comfortable person on earth, I'll put one of those on. Um, but there's too many. I love the ones. I love a 93. I love a TN. I, don't know, I love all of them. It's like asking who's your favorite child. <laughs> if you ask my parents they definitely have one it depends on who you're asking <laughs> so true oh man who's in the room always oh, oh man yeah no love a good air max love a good air max yeah, that's amazing sophia what's your favorite air max um i love the ones they're just so comfortable uh you know, obviously the whole, the whole nine, um, but 95 ultras mm. are my favorite. They're just, they, they, they dropped them maybe 2015, 2000, yeah, 2015. Um, and they're just a very light, very really light. comfortable version of the 95s, less bulky. Um, I wish they would bring it back, but that's like my go-to travel shoe. Cause it looks good stylistically goes with everything, but it's just so comfortable. Yeah, it's very, they're very yeah. light. Yeah, comfort is important. Yeah, comfort is super important. As I've gotten older, like that's I'm like I don't know if it's not comfortable. Like, are you still wearing Air Force Ones? Because when I wear them, I'm like, how did I wear this when I was a kid all the time? Very clunky. Yeah, Air Force Ones are like my event shoe. Like I don't have dress shoes, so like when I'm getting dressed up, I break out a pair of Air Force Ones, and I'm like, all right, for two hours, I'm gonna be uncomfortable, and then I'm never gonna wear them again. What about Jordan Ones? Because those are so uncomfortable. They look so good, but so uncomfortable. Yeah, and so easy. That's a a wedding shoe. That's like that's. Such a good wedding shoe. Oh. It's a perfect wedding shoe. I'm like, when I get married, like everyone has to wear Jordan ones. Oh, like, that's done. It. Like, that's it. Oh, done. Kathy's gonna only. need to get a pair. I'm gonna have it. No, I've got ones. I've got plenty of ones, but I'm not plenty. But I've got a few. We in Australia, like Jordan wasn't a thing. It was it was Air Max and yeah. She, the Jordan life is especially come from the East. I Coast didn't. Inside. I didn't grow. It's funny. That's and that's nice for us because we have very different perspectives of the sneaker game and and i didn't wear like collecting point of view i don't really wear a6 saucony what's another one i love all random i love reading but i got into it like she got me into it like i'll I'll, i wish i could get certain a6 she has the awake pair that i wish i got i've got lots of great i love kayanos i love reebok classics i love yeah fucking um but she's a whole different era i've got i've got a lot of different shoes like very very random collection very random yeah i mean i mean your collection's like a fingerprint you know everyone's is like so different like what's what's the biggest differences probably in both of your collections uh well she has way more Uh, (laughs) (laughs) who has the better collection something pairs 300 plus i reckon Uh, a biggest difference i don't know i just i think i've got Pappy's. I maybe have like 200. I mean, we have crossover now more we than do, ever. Now very, that we work together. Peppy's a little bit more Nike-centric, Jordan-centric. Air All my centric. Jordans are in New York, though. All my Jordans are in New York, obviously, because, yeah. come on, LA. I've got um, a bit more, a little bit more variety in color. And my all my hype stuff is here, like mm, the off-white looking things, you know. But she did give me a pair of Arme 550s for my birthday this year, which was just like I, did, I cried. I was like, oh. well, you know, there's another pair up there. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna assume next birthday. Next year, birthday next year. I got a whole yeah. other year. It's great. That that is a really, really, really good gift, and like through collecting and like going through all the experiences and different journeys and like success stories you've had at copying your dream pairs. What are some unique and different ways you guys have been able to clear out your sneaker collection without resorting to like resale methods? Give them to my kids. Oh yeah. I got my, I got my first. 
first <laughs> pair of Yeezys. I got my first pair of Yeezys and it's because Rami got it for her kids and they didn't like it and she gave them to me. Yeah. And then I, whenever I get <laughs> kicks that I, you know, obviously we both get seated quite a bit, but if I ever get kicks that I'm not really into or I wouldn't want to keep in my collection, I just give it to her kids. My kids get them. And they're like right around my size right now. And they love them and they wear the shit out of them. They love I gave them. her That's daughter her really. first sports, her first like bra. Yeah, sports bra. It's so cute. <laughs> but it's, it's really, really nice. And the funny thing is my kids are just, they're not sneakerhead streetwear people at all yet. They just. Just... Except your son has a Travis Scott cactus jack. I bought that for him. Know, he doesn't know. know what it is. He doesn't know. He just sits there playing video games. It's calm. Later, though. Later, he'll realize. Yeah. I gave them register. my old babe stuff. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They don't know. They have no idea. He's at, they don't really care at this stage. They will. Another couple of years, they'll start. Something will start to register. You know what's funny? So Ja, who's a photographer who also, you know, actually was there when the moment I met Rami. He's an amazing photographer, Ja Texan. So he has a, a daughter as well. And every time I would go to Japan, we'd buy like some like bathing ape stuff so she'll be like I don't know seven eight years old in school on the playground and the kid will be like look it's my shirt it's Elsa and then he'll have like baby Milo she'll have baby Milo and she's just like look at my shirt (laughs) (laughs) she she wouldn't know what to say like I have no idea what this is Spongebob it's Elsa and it's something but it's like baby Milo yeah yeah it's great it's very funny Hype kids, hype kids, keep them fresh. Okay, low key. Oh, yeah. Man. The last question. It's a big one. You ready? Mm-mm, I don't know. How would you describe one another using one sneaker? Oh. oh. Rami nice has a shoe. Oh. <laughs> really fucking hard. Um, I would say. Let her go first. Has to be black. It has to be black and small and like I would really say that I like that. I think the Ultra Ninety Five is really just, just like the perfect pair for Pappy because it's like I'll show you, they're like they're like black but sporty but cool. She can wear them with her big pants, but they're like low key, but like they're just with a bit of tiny bit of color i don't know they're just they're very they're peppy they're very peppy especially when they're the size of my hand <laughs> um yeah i don't know what other shoe well it's efficient it's very organized, very organized. there's layers structure there's layers to her of just her depth and personality and she's yes dr jackal and, and there's a black versatile. versatile she can she can go anywhere right, are you right, running are you walking yeah, yeah very very got an air unit in there you know yeah. uh, transparency uh, openness i see it yes I'll choose some riffs for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Crocs. She hates, she hates riffs. And Crocs. Um, what am I going to choose for Rami? Um, let's see here. This is really challenging. Yeah, I've got an idea for you. Here, do this. This is a good way of doing Let me it. See. I'll show you. If you, want to, if you want some inspo. All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. You reckon? I'm gonna do Stan Smith for Rami. Obvious cultural relevant, you know, reasons, right? There's the history, there's, you know, but it's a classic. It's like a classic, it's retro. People know it, they all love it. You know, there's so many ways to go about it, but you don't dress it up too much. Mm. Um, Goes with everything. Goes with everything. 
everything. But also has its limitations. Probably can't go running in it. Probably can't go yeah. hiking in it. Uh, <laughs> great for lots of things. Yes. But also not great for, for certain things. <laughs> Very similar to Rami. That's amazing. That <laughs> is amazing. Some really great qualities and then there's you know room for improvement in others there you go there you go a classic a classic og you can't go wrong that was very fun thank you that was really fun i love that this was great Thank you both for coming on the show. Once again, don't forget to check out Soul Savvy, connecting you to people as passionate about sneakers and culture as you are. That's soulsavvy.com with one V. Until next time, I'm your host, Al, and this was Triple Stitch. Triple Stitch.